Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This series will question the assumption that people are psychologically broken and need to be fixed. We will talk about how seeing people as innately healthy will change all of your interactions and outcomes. This is a true paradigm shift, and it simplifies the entire process of dealing with mental distress and allows for more profound and immediate changes. Aloha, and welcome back to Psychology Has It Backwards. I'm Christine Heath. And I'm Judy Sedgman. And today we're going to talk about trauma, which is interesting because last week we talked about how people's diagnosis weren't really real. So today we're going to start talking about these diagnoses to talk to help you flesh it out a little bit because you might be a bit left the last session saying, like, well, yeah, but I was traumatized and I do have flashbacks and that does happen to me. Okay, that's true. But that's kind of what we're going to talk about in each one of these things is you're, you're not crazy because you have the experience, but you can recover from it. You can stop the experience. You can live in a healthier place. So that's what you want to be listening for. Mm-hmm as you want to be listening for how you can find your health, no matter what's happened to you, no matter what condition you have, no matter what's happening. And in fact, you do it all the time, but you're probably not paying attention to it very much. So the, the, the current thing is, is it's, it, it seems like it's a new thing, but you know, back in the seventies, I started working with people that were traumatized in their family. I worked with incest families and families where there was child abuse and domestic violence. And this was back in the day before it was a, a, a thing. And now it's become a thing. Like everybody has to do trauma work. That's what I, I people call me up and say, do you do trauma work? Yeah. And I'm thinking like, well, sometimes my work is traumatic, but no, uh, <laughs> I don't do trauma work. Um, but I do health work and I help people recover from trauma. So for me, trauma is a person's um, uh, way that they have adjusted to something that happened in their life that was bad, that they perceived as bad or was bad. And so bad things happen to almost all of us. I can't, I don't know anybody that's gone through life without having bad things happen to us. And as we go through and these things happen, we, we get scared and we think about that thing when we're in a really uh, stressed state of mind. So those memories kind of go to the top of the memory bin because you're, brain who that doesn't have a you know mind of its own says oh this person thought that they might die or this person who got really scared by this we better make sure that they don't like do this again it's kind of like if you touch a hot stove you know not to put your hand on anything hot after that because you make the connection so trauma to me is like we we have these things in our past that happen and we form ways of thinking about ourselves and we form ways of thinking about life, and we form ways of thinking about possibilities or even what's normal from the experiences that we go through. And that's just how memory works, is that we we store these memories and then we look at life through them. So that when we're in an insecure state of mind, the insecure thoughts kind of get on our eyeballs and then we live as if we're being traumatized again. So it's, we think about things like that a lot. And then we try to sometimes get away from thinking about it by indulging in addictions, or we 
try to manage it or we try to pretend like it's not there. Or we, we do all kinds of things because we know something's like not right here. Something's not right. So in the past, I, I used to talk to people about their trauma as something they'd have to learn to deal with, that their diagnosis was because of this bad thing that happened and their reaction to it. And that because it came from that trauma that happened in the past, that they had to learn how to live with it, that they had to learn how to cope with it as best they could. And I didn't really realize that they could actually, that all of us could actually move beyond whatever happened to us, that we could move back to a state of mental well-being, no matter what. And I mean, no matter what. No matter what's been done to you, no matter what you've done to other people, and no matter the circumstances that you went through. And the way that we start to see how that works is that we start to see that our experience now is distorted by those memories of what happened in the past. Not the past isn't affecting us now. It's our memory that we've carried through time. So Sidney Banks talks about the past as thought that's carried through time. And unfortunately, the ones that get in trouble, get us into trouble, are the ones that cause a lot of insecurity. So luckily, when I leave my house, I can still remember how to get back home. Well, that's a a memory that comes to life. And so I'm able to drive home and I know where to go. But if I'm afraid to, to, um, um, drive my car because I had a car accident, then that scary incident, that memory of that and my experience of it and what I thought about myself and what I thought about everything in life, that becomes real because consciousness just makes whatever we think seem real in the moment. So when I'm stressed out and I'm driving, suddenly I become more aware of the other drivers. You know, like suddenly I'm, I'm like thinking about whether somebody else is going to hit me. Now, when I'm in a really good place and I'm relaxed, I don't think like that, right. that those thoughts just kind of come to mind. So mm-hmm. no matter what it is, that's kind of what happens. We get into a stress state and those memories come to life and then consciousness makes it real. You know, it's interesting, Chris, I, I worked, um, I have worked quite a bit with uh, girls who were picked up by pimps and turned into prostitutes. They were usually runaways, very young, and they would be dragged into this terrible life, you know, after somebody said they could help them. And when I, with the time that I was working with them, they were in a safe house in a program in which they were getting, you know, everything they needed. They were living in a safe place. They had plenty of food. They had people to look out for them. They were getting medical care. They were getting dental care. They were getting their hair done. Uh, they were getting education and uh, and mental health services, so they were kind of re-entering life. But as they got, cl- and they would be very thrilled at first, you know, because they'd never been safe. They couldn't remember ever being safe. Usually, they'd run away from a terrible traumatic situation, only to be thrown into an even more traumatic situation. That's all they knew. But in the safe house, they would just thrive, and they were just, you know, happy, and they play and you know, play games and they'd run around in the yard and swim in the pool and go to the gym with the people and, and they'd have a wonderful time. And then it would be time to graduate and they would panic because they had to learn to enter life as adult women uh, able to take care of themselves. And they would all say, but how can we do that? We're prostitutes. 
And the thing is, it, you know, they weren't prostitutes now. You know, they had a degree or they had training in something that was certifiable or able to provide them a job. They had yeah, understood a lot of things about life that they didn't know before. They were different people altogether. But as soon as their mind went to, oh, my God, I'm going to be alone out there in the world. The only memory that they had was the last time I was out there alone, I was a prostitute. It was horrible. And they mm-hmm. thought it would fall right back into that. And there's it's a perfect example of what you're saying, because most of these girls they had at least almost two years of perfect safety before they even ventured out at all. And then that they were eased into it. And yet they all had that same reaction. And it was in mm-hmm. And the thing that used to disturb me is that within the context of this program, they would take it seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, they would go saying, well, that was a traumatic time in your life and it's always going to be on your mind and you just have to learn to think that, you know, they would reframe it and do all these things. And I used to tell them, you, you used to have a really bad job. But, you know, everybody's first job was a bad job of one sort or another, you know, mm-hmm. and now you don't have to do that anymore. Because look at all the new things you have to think about and look at all the things you have to look forward to. And they would think, don't, don't give them false hope. You know, they've been traumatized. Okay. That's a very interesting thing. We have, a, we have this, uh, it's almost like everybody's fear takes hold of them and, and we think, oh, we better not promise them that they're going to be okay because they, after all, they had this really bad trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, in addictions treatment right now, this is the new thing, like trauma. Like back in 1976, I said, let's talk about the connection between addiction and all this awful stuff that happens in people's lives. I could see that. But I thought you had to go back in the past and and talk about that and fix that. And somehow that then would help you to stay sober when you're um, as you're getting healthier. But it doesn't. And that's still, I mean, that's still where the thinking is. That's, that, that's what cracks me up is that the thinking is still, let's talk about what happened to you. So you come in and I mean, it's okay to do that, to kind of regurgitate what happened. You talk to somebody about it, they listen and you get it out and you feel better, but then what do you do? Yeah. And most people don't know what to do then. Most therapists don't know like, okay, now what do I do? Because now you have to move into helping a person to see that they are more than their experience, that they are more than that thing that happened to them in the past, and that their thinking with consciousness is creating the illusion that whatever thinking they created about life or about themselves was actually true and happening. Now, at one level, like, like guys that come back from, from war, they know they're not in the middle of a war, but they'll still react to loud noises or they'll still be, have night sweats. You know, they still have the experience of these memories being brought to life. So helping them to see that the trauma that you're in now is not, it did happen. I mean, that happened to you, but you don't have to live with it on your eyeballs. Right. Now, if, if I think a person's been broken because of something that happened to them, that's not very hopeful. I mean, I'd drink too. But so in, in addiction treatment, you know, it's like in addiction treatment, people are going back in the past again, and let's do trauma work with this. Mm-hmm. So this person is just starting to feel better, just starting to get sober, you know, and then they say, let's talk about your painful past and have you relive it. Well, when you don't understand how thought and consciousness works, what happens is it all comes to life again. It's like, whoa, it's very real in the moment. Yeah. And people will say things like, gosh, I thought I was over it, but I'm not. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and the fact is, you're always over it when you're not thinking about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of like, it's not that it isn't in your memory and it's not like you can't bring it to mind and it won't come to mind. But unless you deliberately spend a lot of time with it, it comes and goes and you remember, oh yeah, that was way back then. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, and I think that that, I noticed that a lot with everybody that I've worked with that's had trauma in their past is that for some reason they feel that it scarred them somehow internally in some way that just is unrecoverable. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, you like you said, your brain doesn't care. It'll think and whatever you put in there. Mm-hmm. And the fact is that's, that's just what happens. If you think about trauma a lot, then you relive being traumatized, mm-hmm. but your brain doesn't care. If you stop thinking about it, your trauma is over. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was in college, I got assaulted by a burglar and, uh, the, uh, the incident totally traumatized me. And I remember I went to a psychologist at the time and his solution was I should move out of the house I was living in because I was traumatized in the house. And so I should move out of the house. Well, I couldn't do that. That wasn't an option. And so I would like, whenever I was home, I'd get in my car and go drive around and wait for my roommates to come home. Cause I was terrified. I'd be just like frozen in terror um, living in there. And then I, I, I then got a, a, an apartment at my first apartment and um, the apartment um, had no way of getting into it except for through the door. There was no lanai. There was no, you know, patio. There's nothing, no way to get in. So I felt safe there, but I had all the locks on the door. So every house I, then I bought a house and my first moving into that again, all I could do is I'd, I'd move in there and I'd hear people outside in outside the window or walking upstairs. And I would be terrified for about a month. And then it kind of I would pass and, and I'd relax. And this would happen every time I moved into a new house. Mm-hmm. The last time it happened, I was in Minnesota. And we bought this, um, this uh, uh, ranch-style house. Mm-hmm. And I was the first weekend, and my husband left me, and, and I was in bed with my two Pomeranians. <laughs> and uh, I heard this uh, all of a sudden, just going to sleep, and all of a sudden, I hear somebody walking upstairs and my heart pounds out of my chest. I'm so frozen. I cannot move. And I look down at my two puppies and they're like on their back sleeping. And all of a sudden in my voice, in my head comes a voice and it says, Chris, there's no second floor in this house. There can't be anybody walking upstairs. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what is that? What is that noise I heard? Well, I got quiet, and it was the pulse of my blood in my ears. And my little brain just took that, projected it out of my life, and scared the crap out of me. Yeah. And that's what what happens when you've been traumatized is you, you get insecure, and then those thoughts come to life. And if you don't know what's going on, you get caught up in it and it seems real to you. So as I learned the principles and I learned how mind, thought, and consciousness work, I was freed from that. Like when I moved into this house, this is the first house, honestly, that I moved into, that I live in now, 10 years ago, that I, I didn't have any kind of scared when mm-hmm. I first moved in. Like the last time I knew I was scared, but I could handle it. But mm-hmm. that's kind of the, you know, it, it's like once... You, once you understand what's going on, you might still react to things, but you know what's going on. So 
you kind of catch on to yourself so you don't terrorize yourself and then think about it all the time and, and live there. Yeah. You know, I always think of it as neutralizing your thoughts, you know, mm-hmm. seeing thought and not having thought content be so important, realizing that, that you're, when you're feeling upset and frightened, chances are whatever is on your mind is not healthy. It's not working for you. And mm-hmm. now if you're, have legitimate fear because there really is somebody outside, you know what to do. And it's better for you to be calm enough to sort that out, to realize, you know, that's, this is a different sound. I better look into this or I better call 911. But we have the wisdom to do that. So I wouldn't want people to think, well, what if I'm really being stalked or something? You know that in the present moment when you're absolutely, you know, quiet inside, that's when you recognize these things. You realize something's going on. Mm-hmm. But if it's a memory, it just makes you feel terrible, but there's, you can't wrap your, you know, it's all from the past. You realize right away you're just reliving something. Plus, I, it's, a, it's a different fear. It's a different fear. It it's is. the one, that, one that's being made up, the anxiety that's being created is different than when it's real. Right. You, you're, you're brought into the moment when it's real. You start to pay attention to your wisdom. It's only when you override it with your own thinking that you end up getting in trouble. But when you're just like, uh, you know, insecure and making stuff up, it's a different feeling. It's a different kind of fear. Yeah, I had that experience one time when I was in Tokyo, actually. And I was trying to walk from wherever I had been with friends back to my hotel. And I mean, I knew where I was going, but I wasn't familiar with the area and it had gotten dark. So when I went to where I was going, it was afternoon and then it was evening and it was dark and the streets seemed different and it was crowded. And I had the distinct feeling somebody was following me. Um, And I was by myself in Tokyo and I had no idea, never dawned on me that I should know how to call for help in a foreign city. I don't know why I didn't think of that. So I'm walking along and I... But I stayed present because I knew I had to take care of myself. I was kind of like, okay, calm down, take care of yourself. And what occurred to me to do, because I saw kind of a shopping center that was open across the street, and I was on the darker side of the street, was mostly office buildings. So I just jaywalked across the street and walked into the lit shopping center. And obviously, no one's going to assault you in a shopping center. And when I got into the shopping center, I found somebody that spoke English and I asked them, you know, uh, how far it was to my hotel. I wasn't sure how much farther I had to walk. Should I get a cab? And, and the person, you know, reassured me that if somebody was going to grab my purse and I had disappeared, they had long since found another victim. <laughs> you know, he said, I think you're safe to stay on the lit side of the street. You'll get back to your hotel. And I did. But I remember that just exactly mm-hmm. what I'm saying. It brought me more into the present and a good idea of how to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. Instead of running, which I would never outrun somebody that was younger or faster, you know, instead of running or something like that, I just crossed the street to the light side and walked into a store. But, you know, that that is very different, getting into the moment and doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, crap happens in life. I mean, it does. And we get scared about things. And it's, it's a matter of seeing like, okay, if I'm going to handle this, I got to calm down. Right. Because there's something that is happening right now. But if you're totally fine and you're just sitting around thinking and suddenly you're terrifying yourself, then that's just the product of kind of, yeah, it's it's like a, it's like a visitation, isn't it? It's like when, when the the ghost comes and scares you, it's like you pull something up that's dead 
and you bring in life to it and suddenly it seems real again. Right. And then sometimes over time, it actually gets worse. Like the more you do it, the, that memory then becomes the next memory. And sometimes over time, it, it's even worse than it was at the time that it happened. And it's sort of like it becomes a haunted house. You keep thinking of things to add to it. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> every year it's a little scarier. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, anyway, we hope that this has been somewhat helpful to you in explaining uh, that trauma is just a form of thought. And it's a habitual form of thought, so it gets bigger when we think about it. It it just takes on a reality. And you're not stuck with it. And you're not stuck with it. So. Okay. See you next week, everybody. Aloha. Bye-bye. We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, Visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com 